suddenly a rash of recessions around the world. This year, instead of leading toward recovery, rebirth, renaissance, looks even worse as we find out last year ended with a spate of contractions in major economies all over the place. Germany came out with a negative fourth quarter number, and then its finance minister says it's dramatically bad, and 2024 is not looking any better. Japan, the Bank of Japan had said, we're going to raise rates. Inflation and growth is a major problem. We need to, we need to slam on the brakes here, except... Without ever having done anything, Japan's economy has already slammed on the brakes in two straight quarters of negative GDP. There, though, the Japanese economy isn't suffering a technical recession. This is an actual recession here, just like in Germany. As the headline says, as, as my friend Mike in Canada sent me, Japan unexpectedly slips into recession. Germany now the world's third biggest economy, except Germany's economy is likely to slip below Japan's, and they're going to go back and forth, racing downward to who can take third place from the other one. And that's not the only, it continues. The list goes on and on. The UK, the United Kingdom, another large economy, also slipped into recession. And these recessions are seemingly expanding slowly, incrementally, but they're becoming more and more frequent at the top ends of the global economy. So the question we have to ask is, as these recessions very slowly creep up on us, is the United States, for example, going to be able to decouple from the weakness that seems to be unexpectedly hitting all the rest of the world? And here to help me sort out this recession question, Mr. Stephen Van Meter. Steve, we know you hear this all the time. I hear it all the time, too. Who cares about Germany? Who cares about Japan? Who cares about the UK? Who cares about China? Who cares about South Korea? Who cares about, and on and on it goes. The United States is terrific. Haven't you seen GDP in the payroll report? Should we be concerned about what seems to be a more globally synchronized recession? Jeff, that is a, that is a perfect question because if we listen to, of course, Fed Chair Jay Powell, the other central bankers. It, none of this matters. It's all incidental. In fact, it probably is even transitory at best because labor markets, particularly in the U.S. and around the world, are still holding up. I mean, look at the U.S. stock market. If there wasn't a better proxy for the U.S. economy, it's telling us, look, the wealth effect is just a matter of time before it resurges. Demand comes back in a big way. Inflation stays elevated. More jobs are created. Look, we all know none of that is actually true at all. And that is the problem here is everybody thinks the U.S. can decouple when it needs to and be recoupled when it's convenient to our view. And that's a challenge right now because, as you mentioned, we're watching these very large economies slow down. It's head into recessions. But one thing that hasn't happened, and we know this is going to hit with a lag, is there is a point we're going to see labor markets start to unwind. Now, I know everyone's going to say, what, Steve, look, the weekly unemployment claims are low 200,000. I mean, there's no signs of stress here, except for all the people sitting on unemployment still. It's sitting around 1.985 billion, I think, Jeff, if I've got the number correct, or 1.895, somewhere right up in there. But that number is persistent. So if we were in a strong economy, if the labor market here was really as robust as everyone said, we should actually see that declining. We should see new orders at the factory picking up. But instead, we're seeing the trend for people seeing unemployment actually go a little bit higher every week. 
And of course, the challenge is, you know, if you lose your job and you're out for a few weeks or maybe even a couple of months, you, know, you, you probably have some cash savings and you could still afford your lifestyle and get on. The issue here is as people stay on that longer and longer, their consumption drops. And I think that's what we're starting to see in all these major economies right now. I do want to remind you that this coming Monday, February 19th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, webinar on President's Day, we need to talk about commercial real estate. What's really happening there? What actually happened that created such a big problem? How big of a problem is it actually? Maybe some good news there. And what to look for if things really do start to heat up, not just in terms of CRE or CLOs, but also for the banking system, the financial system, markets, all of it. That we're going to go over. We've got a live Q&A. Got stuff that we can't really talk about here on YouTube. So if you're really interested, I'd highly recommend you sign up today because as Monday's coming up, there I don't think there's many spots left. So I hope to see you there again Monday, President's Day, February 19th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Link in the description. Steve, I think what it goes back to is, well, in some respects that Everyone's kind of moving the goalpost or shifting their performance standards, right? Because let's think about Germany. Germany fell into its recession, and it is a recession, way back in 2022, the final quarter of 2022. And everybody said, okay, it's a little bit of a downturn. It won't be any big deal. It'll be limited to just Germany, and it'll be limited to just the end of 2022, maybe the start of 2023. But you watch. By the second half of last year, Germany's going to be right back on track, except now that we see... Germany ended last year even worse than it had ended 2022. And now the German government is coming out. The German government, the same government that in January 2023 said we're never going to have a recession. Now in January 2024, February 2024 says it's not looking any better in 2024. So slowly, very slowly moving down and ratcheting lower, not just expectations, but actual performance. And it's not just Germany. You just point out, Steve, Germany, Europe as a whole, the UK, Japan. I want to, here's what the German uh, Germans the German government's economy minister just said at a at a trade fair in Leipzig. He said the economy is performing quote dramatically bad. I mean, that's a government official. I mean, what is no government official, no politician would ever say that unless there's no other way around it. And they, not only is it dramatically bad, what he's basically saying is last year was a complete bust and we're not forecasting anything good this year. Now, maybe you can make some positive out of that because they did such a bad job of forecasting last year. Maybe they'll be too pessimistic and forecast too, too much downside this year. But again, it's, it's happening slow, much slower than in previous cycles. But here's our point. It is still happening. There is still more downside emerging in the economy. It's just taking forever because of what Steve just said. The labor market cycle is incredibly elongated this, this, this time more than any other time. But even without the layoffs, economies are still sliding toward recession, which may, makes you think what happens when the layoffs do start. You know, Jeff, this uh, kind of reminds me of a show we did recently where because uh, we were talking about, you know, uh, our average hourly earnings increase. Of course, what do we hear from all the political elites and central bankers is, but look, people are making more money. And we're like, yes, but they're working less. So that doesn't make any sense. And this is something that if you're just looking at the data, you don't notice it because most people don't look at 
hours worked. They're like, but you just got a raise. Yes. And then I got two hours off my week cut and there goes my raise. I actually have less money to take home than I did before. And that's one of the challenges here because you kind of nailed it on the head. Normally in downturns, you see new order growth fall. And what do you see? Kind of a, almost a mirror with a lag increase in unemployment claims, which would logically make sense. If, if I have a factory and I don't have a lot of new orders and I don't have any backlogs, I, I, I can't afford to have people just standing around. So I send them away. This time, employers are saying, hey, you know what? We've kind of bought into this soft landing or no landing view which makes me worried that when this doesn't happen, the layoffs are going to be very fast and very aggressive. And that's going to be a challenge here. If you particularly look at Germany, which I love because their manufacturing sector by the PMIs was practically in a depression. I mean, it was ugly. And would everyone say, ah, it doesn't matter. It's just Germany. It's okay. It's no big deal. Their services sector, that will pull them up. And I said, watch out because where Germany goes, the peripheral nations follow. And what do we see like this week? The unexpected is now hitting countries around Germany. It's like, yeah, no kidding, right? The biggest manufacturing base of the European Union has got a problem, everyone else. But you're right, Jeff, the challenge right now is it's slow. But I think the, what's going to happen is slow at first, and then all of a sudden it's going to happen at once. And another thing is, too, as you said before, most people's sense of the economy is just very simple because, I mean, look, they have their lives to leave. They're not following the stuff very closely. Who would other than you or I? But essentially their view is, okay, I see a GDP report every once in a while. Maybe I see the unemployment rate and the big one, the stock market. If the stock market's up, then everything must be fine. And as I pointed out recently, I know you have too, in the case, in the case says that we're talking about here, Germany in particular, as Germany has slid further and further and further into recession, the DAX exchange index at the very least, and a lot of German stocks too, have been going higher and higher and higher and higher to record highs. So it's understandable why people will be saying, okay, what's the big deal here? As far as we're concerned, yeah, maybe there's some negative press surrounding these, these economies, but what does that have to do with not just the U.S. economy, but I mean, why are stock markets so strong? It seems like there's a tremendous disconnect when in reality, I think the disconnect is obviously in the share price indexes, but also, as we're saying here, the development of this cycle has been highly unusual. People have gotten bored with it. You've been talking about recession for a long time. Where is it? Well, we're, t we're telling you it's, it's coming. It's hitting these other places around the world. The U.S. isn't likely to the couple. It's just kind of toward the end of the pack as more and more fall off the edge of the cliff. And it's, it's not a straight off cliff. It looks like it's more of a gentle slope. And then at some point, as Steve just said, maybe there's a, an increasing downturn, but that's the layoff part. And so we're most of these economies are slowly, slowly contracting as businesses are making adjustments in their cost structure, cutting back hours and some places cutting back on hiring and things like that. And that's leading to this initial shallow downslope. So already that's enough to push so many of these countries into recession and they're not pulling out. That's the other point I think we want to make. As time goes on, the longer you would think, the longer this goes on, the more likely we'd get out of it at some point. It would just end. But the more this goes on, the further we go in that same direction. 
Yeah, that's right, Jeff, because you see these downward trends in data and people are like, well, I just wanted to keep going to validate this alleged recession claim that you guys have. And then the data will pop up and everyone gets their pom poms out and gets really excited. And then we're like, hold on, wait, we just just give it a couple of months and then it turns down again. But, you know, you look at the equity markets around the world and you're right. It's, it's as if it's pricing in this perfect scenario because and I think part of the reason here is, is, again, it's taken so long. And the people actually went to cash or moved their investments thinking the markets were going to go down. And then they didn't. And now they have no choice. You know, you, you have to play FOMO. It's fear of missing out. I mean, why would you want to be in treasuries when the market's going up every day, day after day? Because more and more people are chasing it and they have no choice because they don't want to miss out. That's the issue here is that you look at expectations. There was a, a report recently about uh, consumer expectations and their expectations of earnings for corporate earnings was just way out of line. I mean, it was just like their expectations are so high. And my only answer to that was, well, in order to hit that, companies are going to have to lay off a whole lot of people. And if that's what you're buying stocks on, well, it's not going to last too long because the reality is going to hit real fast that these people out of work can't spend and earnings are going to go the other way. And then you're going to have the fear of everyone chasing the market to the downside, trying to get out. That's going to be a dangerous move, particularly, as you know, Jeff, everybody's packed into virtually seven stocks now. Of course, that kind of reminds me of something like the dot-com bubble of what happened. But who knows? The recession, maybe it just isn't going to happen. Maybe we're wrong here. Well, you know, you just said expectations. I wonder, and I think I know the answer, and you know the answer to this too. I wonder how much is, I mean, we sat here last year and said, once, once you start, once you start hearing the, the term rate cut or rate cuts, watch, stock markets are going to surge. And we knew, I mean, everybody knew there was no insight into that. We all knew that was going to happen. And so what happens is as rate cuts and lower rates start to become more and more obvious as they were last fall, and then the bond rally just everybody, okay, rates are going lower from here and stocks just took off. We all knew that was going to happen. And so as it happens, I wonder if that's when people start having expectations of earnings. They go backwards. They reverse engineer, right? They say stocks are up because, well, that must mean the economy's great. And if the economy's great, then it must mean that earnings are going to be terrific too. It's not that earnings are going to be rising or that we see a pathway for earnings to rise. We just see share prices go up and we have to rationalize why share prices are going up other than admitting well, everybody said, heard the term rate cuts and it was just off to the races. This idea that somehow rate cuts are liquidity and somehow that liquidity ends up in the stock market and somehow that's, some, that's good for the entire economy. And so bringing this back to our overall discussion, if that was the case, then why do we see more and more economies sliding further into recession or going into recession? We keep being pushed in that one macroeconomic fundamental direction as share prices are divorced from fundamentals, which is, I mean, that's not surprising either. No, in fact, Jeff, you're right. You see people have to justify their bias. This comes back to the, why does QE cause stock prices to go up? Well, we know it actually has nothing to do. The two are about as far apart as you can imagine. But the fact is, when people, when the Fed does QE, everyone talks about how the Fed is pumping, printing money and pumping the economy. And that somehow magically causes stock prices to go up, which means people start buying stocks because the Fed's doing QE. And so it all comes back to, well, why are you buying stocks? Well, I'm buying because the Fed's doing QE. Why are stocks going up? Because the Fed's doing QE. It's, it, it, you can call it anything else you want and it doesn't matter. It's the same effect here is that you have enough people that believe 
and then put their money behind it, well, yeah, if people want to chase the market up on expectations and have to create that reality in their own mind to justify paying these ridiculous valuations, when the yield curve is very clear about what's going to happen to the rate market at some point, talk about an easy trade to make. You could just sit in treasuries, collect a yield, and pick up some duration risk, depending on how much you're willing to take on that. But yeah, you look at expectations here. For me, they're just so far out of line. I don't even know what to say about it. Yeah, for me, it's it's. I care less about the stock market than maybe most people because it it, it doesn't help me with my analysis of what the economy is actually doing. In fact, it's a distraction more than anything, which is why we have to address it. Because people say you're pessimistic on the economy, but look at stocks. Stocks are absolutely optimistic, and the answer is I don't care what stocks are doing. That does not have any bearing on the economy, or does it? Or is it a reflection of the economy either? but we have to spend time on it because everybody talks about it and everybody is taught to put those two things together. If stocks are booming, the economy must be booming. And what we're saying here is stocks may be booming, but it is not because the economy is. It's because people want to believe what they want to believe. That's what every bubble behavior ultimately comes back to, whether it's the dot-com or the crypto NFT bubble just recently with all the meme coins. If everybody buys the same premise, they literally buy the same premise until they don't. And the point at which they don't, I mean, you can never, you can never point at it. You can never, nobody rings a bell at the top. So what I'm saying is I don't really care as much about stocks. I'm looking at more and more economies tipping into recession. And if you are in stocks right now, congratulations, you made a ton of money. You might want to take a second look at that, uh, what your premise is and what you're actually doing, because the economy still moves more and more in the same recession direction. The U.S. is not likely to decouple from it. And if it doesn't, will the, will the, um, the assumptions and rationalizations that are currently in the share price market hold up when everybody says, wait a minute, maybe I'll stop buying here? That's really the danger with stocks. But the bigger danger is about the economy continuing to go in the wrong direction without the layoffs yet. As you pointed out, Steve, we still haven't even seen that. Just kind of my final thought on the divergence between the economic data and the stock market. In fact, that to me, that is a big red flag because if the wealth effect is real, which you know we could go back to Alan Greenspan and, and argue about that. If that is indeed true, then the rising stock market should create an increase in consumption, demand, and pull the economy up. It's if we continue to see the data decline as the markets rally around the world here, that should be a massive red flag for people that indeed they're chasing something that isn't going to manifest as their uh, fantasy has decided it will. And that's, I think, the most important point about both Germany and Japan, because if there was a wealth effect, then we would see it in Germany and Japan, because both of those share, both of those country stock markets have been rising precipitously all throughout last year, really going back to 2022. And it did not prevent either of those economies from slipping into recession. So there really isn't a wealth effect. We can't, we can't count on uh, high share prices and all-time highs to at least cushion the blow or, or really do much of anything, which, as you're saying, Steve, that's a tremendous risk, too. So we've got a bunch of recessions showing up unexpectedly, and now the argument has shifted to, okay, that's too bad for everybody else, but the U.S. is, is terrific. That's right, Jeff. And you know something's wrong when you and I both wear a red shirt on the same day and we didn't coordinate. <laughs> exactly. 
Hey, big thanks to Steve for stopping by again. Really appreciate it. If you want to see more about the stock market and what's been happening in a couple of these, especially Germany stock market, did a video about that last week. That's the one linked below. As always, thanks for joining me. Huge thank you, Mr. Van Meter, Eurodollar University members and subscribers. And until next time, take care.